0: The rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. And
1: set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch! He's in the 10-5! Stumbles in the end! coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore
0: gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game.
1: The horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to the Cody Foger Podcast. And the Colts played their first game of the season. It was an exciting game, but unfortunately, the Colts fell short in overtime to the Los Angeles Chargers by a score of 30 to 24. Um, Derek's Largers with me here. Derek, what a game from the Colts. Even though they lost, I thought, all things considered, it was a very entertaining game. And my blood, like, I was so hyped up from that game yesterday. It was absolutely crazy. And it's taken me the whole day today to calm down because it was such an exciting game of back and forth and disappointment and then excitement. And um, even though the Colts lost, Derek, it it was a fantastic game. Um, What are your impressions from the Colts? I guess we can start from the Colts offense. What were your impressions from the Colts offense um, from yesterday's loss?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a a loss in my entire life. Uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of expectations for it. But knowing that the game was that close, it definitely left a bright spot for me. Uh, Yeah, in regards to the offense, obviously it took a little bit for the offense to get going. Uh, the First couple drives, we saw the first drive, they went three and out. Second drive, they marched down, could have gotten points, but ultimately didn't due to missing a field goal. And then took a couple more times, you know, to get going. Offense definitely took a, some time to get you in the rhythm of, blocking especially for the run game I mean what was it they had 23 yards rushing in the first half and then had 150 in the second I mean just goes to show I don't I don't know if it was a I don't think it was a halftime adjustment I think it just took the offensive line getting their butts kicked up front at the beginning and just being able to say, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to play nasty and we're going to get going. That was the offensive line that we had seen all season long last year. And it's good that we saw it again, this uh, first game. It's definitely a bright spot. Uh, and Marlon Mack was obviously phenomenal, had himself a career game. He's the leading uh, lead leaguer, geez, league leader in rushing yards, which is great. Uh, it's cool feet to see. And, and, mm-hmm. It was also cool that, you know, only two sacks in that game, obviously, uh one early and then another one by Joey Bosa, I believe is in the third quarter. So that was only two times that Brissett got hit. And uh both I don't remember if both of those came off of Braden Smith's hands, but I know one of them did for certain. Uh, but then again, that's still pretty good, you know, only getting uh sacked twice against an, an elite group of linemen that can get to the quarterback at ease a lot of times and that also brings me to my next thing is Jacoby Brissett man did that Uh, dude ball I mean I don't know what more you can say to this kid now I mean he shattered my expectations in this game I did not have a lot of mm -hmm. good expectations for as good as he's been in training camp and for as much time as he's had I did not think he was going to look as poised and as confident and as accurate as he was in that game. He, he, just, he just took me by storm. When you can complete 75% of your passes for 240 yards and get two touchdowns and throw no interceptions, he definitely did his job, and he did it almost as well as anybody. And it's really good to see T.Y. Hilton had himself a game. Uh, it was good to see all of the receivers, including the tight ends, getting involved in everything. So overall, it took a little bit for the offense to get going. But I definitely enjoyed seeing after they did get going, they, they there was no stopping them.
1: Yeah, and I had uh, Chargers reporter Chris Hayre on with me last week. Um, and he really touched on this Chargers defense. Yes, they were missing Derwin James, which is a big factor. But this Chargers defense, they're a pretty solid unit, a pretty good unit. I mean, they got two-star pass rushers, which you talked about, Joy Bosa, and then Melvin Ingram, who has been a star ever since he came into the league. Um, And then they got, you know, all-pro corners and Desmond King, and I can't remember the other one offhand. Um, So they they have a good defense. They have a good defense. Oh, by the way, they have Thomas Davis as well, who, you know, despite his age, is still a very good player. And so I'll start with the quarterbacks, like you mentioned, um, all things considered, Jacoby Brissett went 21-27, so pretty good completion percentage there. 190 yards and two touchdowns, a quarterback rate, 120.7. If you factor in, Derek, that what they ruled an incomplete pass on that Eric Ebron touchdown, I mean, he had over 200 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, protected the ball phenomenally. I don't think the Colts turned the ball over. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, great on Jacoby Brissett, man. For for, I think that's something that – A lot of people in 2017, it was not a good season. Obviously, Um, a lot of people, you know, I think it got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But Jacoby Brissett was a really good quarterback in terms of not turning the ball over, and that he showed it again. He's a very good player in that. um, Yes, he has a lot better supporting cast now, and Marlon Mack, who I'll talk to talk about in a second, um, had a phenomenal day, but. All things considered, in his first NFL start against that defense, Jacoby Brissett, man, blew my expectations out of the water. I mean, he looked like poison pocket, and that was something I was really curious about. Um, Is he going to be poisoned in the pocket? He only took two sacks. Um, I don't really think either of them were really his fault. Um, And that was another thing that people questioned. Can Jacoby Brissett, you know, know, yes, it's something where – Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I just got a text. Uh, But no, I think the question was, yes, in 2017, Jacoby Brissett was a starter, but we all had that expectation, right, that Andrew Luck was going to come back. Jacoby Brissett wasn't going to be this team's franchise quarterback moving forward. But obviously, with the Luck news and Luck retiring, now it falls on Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett right now is the future of the Colts and that's just a reality. And so the question now is, can he be a franchise quarterback? And that's a lot of pressure. I mean, I know Jacoby Brissett's a pretty calm and collected guy, but you can't ignore Derek. That's a lot of pressure to put on a guy, especially in a hostile environment week one, not even at home. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett showed a lot of things for me. He showed a lot of poise as a starting quarterback in this league. And honestly, I think he showed that he belongs as a starter in this league. And he could potentially be the Colts franchise quarterback moving forward. Um, But moving on to the running backs, yeah, like you mentioned, the Colts in the first half were atrocious running the ball. I mean, they, they had 20, 23 yards rushing or something terrible like that. And then the second half began and the offensive line really started to find their rhythm. And that was something, that was one of my keys to the game. Derek was okay. Yes. You have those star studded pass rushers on the, on the outside, but in the inside, who do you really have? Right. I mean, they didn't really, and Brandon Mebane, I guess, but I mean, I feel like I would argue that all three of the Colts interior offensive linemen are as good, if not better than Brandon Meebane. Um, and then you just got some unproven players and so I thought that was one of the keys to the game is just rushing it inside. right? if you can take care of those guys on the outside, the Chargers are weak in the inside. And the Colts really started to take advantage of that. And, I mean, you even saw it on that two-point conversion, right? Jacoby were said had been hot all day. What they do? They went to the ground and they scored. And that tied the game up, sent us to overtime. Um, and so all things considered, man, I was impressed by him. Uh, Jacoby Brissett showed a lot of good things. Uh, it was good to see Paris Campbell get a handoff. Uh, kind of, we kind of expected him to be have kind of a gadget type role, so it was good to see him get involved in the offense in that way a little bit. Um, moving on to the wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, man, what, like I'm sitting here in my office, staring right now at my signed T.Y. Hilton jersey, and I am the happiest man on the earth because T.Y. Hilton, man, he every year he's consistent, every year he's a leader, and. He, he, he is one of the players who I think out of all the players who are in the captain badge, I think he is the player that's the most deserving right now on the Colts. I mean, he showed why again, I mean, eight receptions, 87 yards again, against very, very good cornerbacks. Um, he also had two touchdowns and man, Derek, I just want to get your thoughts really fast. What did you think about that T Y Hilton play that last touchdown play he had when he was behind the line of scrimmage looked like he was going to be tackled for a loss and then he takes it in, he makes a guy makes some guys miss, takes it in all the way for a touchdown. Man, how hyped did that get you to see T.Y. Hilton making guys miss like that, especially after the injury he sustained last year, where he couldn't couldn't hardly run because he had an injury to his ankle and it just hindered him. Man, how how hyped did that get you yesterday to watch that?
0: Well, it got me so hyped to the point where uh I think my neighbors hated me after that. One. Uh <laughs> They 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 definitely heard me a bunch of times, and especially when Ty did that. I was on my I was on the phone with my brother because he wasn't able to watch the game, and I was talking to him as it was happening, and I was yelling. Him and I were yelling, and it, it was funny. I mean, that is that is Ty Hilton. I mean, I don't know why people seem to think that surprises them. He's been doing right. that his entire career. He always makes yeah. uh, special plays like that at the end. And you know what? If you're gonna, if you're not gonna tackle him really well, it, he's shifty. He's gonna get off of it, and he's quick and great body control. I mean, another day where he had eight receptions for 87 yards and two touchdowns. That's not gonna blow up the the leaderboards on anything, but. You just look at him and, and that's just another day of where he dominated. And, and it's just exactly what he always does. Like I said, uh, that that touchdown itself was really great to see. And I uh, heard some of his comments after the game, uh, as distraught as some of them were, they said that he said to Jacoby Brissett, said that if you ever get in a situation where you don't know what to do, come to me. Just throw it to mm-hmm. me. Please just give it to me. I will get it. And sure enough, I think Jacoby Brissett probably took that to kindness because almost half his completions and almost half his throws were to uh, T.Y. Hilton at the end of that game. So I I love that T Y Hilton is showing and he's has so much confidence in Jacoby. And he's just saying, if you need help, just give it to me and Mm -hmm. let me do the work. And Sure enough, Jacoby Brissett let him do it, and T.Y. Hilton, again, had himself another game and showed even at his increasing age that T.Y. Hilton is still one of the top wide receivers in this league.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I one of T.Y. Hilton's goals this season was to get double-digit touchdowns. Well, T.Y., if you do that every week, you get two touchdowns, he's going to shatter that goal. So it was good to see that from T.Y., um, Devin Funchess, um, unfortunately just, he suffered a, I believe it was a clavicle injury. Um, I think you said maybe collarbone, Derek, broken collarbone. Yep. Um, anyways, they played the Colts placed him on IR. I think it was on that one play where he was trying to go up for a jump ball in the end zone. Um, and then he walked off. I think that's probably where he, he broke it. Um, so he's out for, I believe he's, you know, I can't remember. I believe it's eight, after week. Eight. Eight, yeah. Eight, he's eight, out. He's, he's going to be nine. on 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's out. He's, you know, designated to return. Frank Wright clarified today. That's not season end- season ending, which is a good sign. Um, it's really good to see that Devin Funches, you know, could have been a lot more serious. Um, but it also gives an opportunity, Derek, for a guy like Dion Kane, who had led the Colts. Uh, he was second on the team with two reception. I'm sorry, he was third on the team, but he was second on the team in yards, I should say. Uh, third on the team in receptions or fourth on the team Naheem Hines okay this is weird this threw me off Naheem Hines had four catches for four yards mm-hmm. like and they put him near the bottom so that so anyways he had two catches for 35 yards so he was a second leading guy in terms of yards Deon Kane, and and he's really shown flashes I think a lot and anyway, I, I just want to talk a second Derek about that catch from Deion Kane, like early in the first quarter like that was the scariest throw I've seen. I saw from Jacoby Brissett all day. I thought that pass was going to be intercepted, but Deion Kane showed strong hands. Um, really surprised me. I was like, how in the world did he catch that? Um, but Deion Kane continues to show he belongs in this league, belongs on this Colts roster. Um, and now he has a more opportunity to be that potential number two wide receiver for the Colts. So great opportunity for Deion Kane. Um, and. Yeah, I guess we can shift over now, unless you had anything else you want to talk about with the wide receivers, Derek. Yeah. I'll give you a second. Yeah, go. Yeah, take it away.
0: Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, in regards to the Devin Funches news, that definitely stinks. Uh, that definitely is a hit to the wide receiver core because even though Devin Funches didn't have a lot of chances to catch the ball in that game, the ones that he did make did come at pivotal moments, especially that fourth down on that last drive that we went to right. to tie the game up so that was definitely pivotal uh yes it hurts now but at least the good thing is he is going to come back later this season and the good thing is we have so many other wide receiver threats that we can use to replace that like you said it's going to be great for deon kane and paris campbell to get more touches and obviously the tight ends will probably get a bunch more uh targets in the red zone eric ebron definitely will continue to get more of those, even with the drop that he had. Uh, it, it, he's There's no way that Brissette's not going to keep targeting him. That's That was not going to happen again, I promise you, because even Ebron went on to say, I will never let that happen again. So, yeah, again, it, it is a tough one uh, for sure, but I do have confidence that this wide receiver core and this tight end group can rebound, and they can still get a bunch of good plays uh, out there, despite not having funches.
1: Yeah. And who knows, maybe this opens the opportunity now for a guy like Krishan Hogan, who the Colts weighed, um, maybe that's, maybe it it's his shot, you know, to, to show what he's got on the team. I don't think he's signed anywhere. So keep an eye out for, Krish, for Hogan, who um, obviously knows the Colts really well and they know him really well. That could potentially be something. Um, so yeah, that's a guy to watch. Um, and yeah, I, I think overall, um, it was, a, it was an okay date for the Colts' offense. I mean, to be expected, I thought Jacoby Brissett played well. Great day for the running game. Um, I thought, you know, the receivers played pretty well, all things considered. Um, so I thought a pretty good day for the offense. Uh, shifting over to the defensive side, not such a great day. Obviously, they allowed 30 points, which is not ideal. Um, I think the first thing that we can talk about, though, is the Colts' run defense, which was last year really good. They didn't allow a 100-yard rusher. Um, I guess they didn't technically still, but combined with Eckler and Jackson, they had over hundred yards. Um, and it actually was a big reason why they lost um in overtime is they could not stop the run. Um, what do you what are your takeaways from this Colts lack of run defense here in week one?
0: Yeah, it, it definitely was tough to see. Um, I think that, you know, we have put so much emphasis on getting to the quarterback as in this whole offseason. Everything's always been let's get to the quarterback who's going to replace who who's going to be getting pressure you know we've talked so much about that it's been difficult and we've kind of gotten away from talking about the rush defense i i honestly didn't think it was as bad as some people are saying uh obviously austin eckler had very few rushing yards because he wasn't uh, running the ball as much he was more of the out, out of the backfield catching passes and that was definitely the most difficult task for us that game uh was stopping him and, and justin jackson had a few plays that he broke for 20 30 yards that that's a tough one um i i'll just tell you i know it, it was the big plays it was the big plays that concerned me it wasn't that mm-hmm. they were getting consistently five six yards every time they ran the ball that wasn't what that's what the Colts did to the Chargers I would be more concerned about that I'm not as concerned about it because they just gave up big plays when it came to the run so I'm not as concerned about it I think that you know as this this defense gets some people have called this a humbling experience due to what this defense did and obviously everybody's not really happy about it they just think maybe This defense just needed a little bit of a wake up call saying, Hey, you know, we need to really start focusing because we're, you know, we're all so hyped in training camp. We're doing so good and everything else. Well, you know, you didn't do good against the Chargers. We need to pick it back up again. And it'll be a very tough challenge this next week because the the Tennessee Titans, despite having a weakened uh, offensive line, ran all over the Cleveland Browns. So, Uh, Even though I'll get to that at another point, but um, yeah, I'm not as worried as much about the, uh, about the run defense. I didn't think it was as terrible because I kind of refer it back to uh, the Ohio State Maryland game from last year, how Ohio State on 80% of the run plays gave up less than two yards on a run, but the other 20% gave up 30 plus yards on plays. So it's like, mm. we, we, put so much emphasis on the big plays, but we don't put as much emphasis on the ones that we stopped them multiple times dead in their tracks. And I think that was another game like that. So again, I'm not as worried. Uh, obviously it wasn't great. We're going to have to fix it, but I, I do have confidence that this defense is going to do better about that, especially once we get Jabal Sheared back. If we get Jabal Sheared back here soon, it's in a couple weeks, then, uh, then that will definitely start to help out the brush defense.
1: Yeah. I thought the loss of Sheard was if fans didn't like fully realize how good of a player all around player, Jabal Sheard is especially a, a run defender. Um, I think it showed yesterday. Jabal Sheard's one of the better run defenders in the league. Um, and not having him and there's, you know, as, as much as we will talk about how good to Kimoko Ture played, he's nowhere near the run defender that Jabal Sheard is. And it showed, it really did. Um, Okay, and uh, so I thought we could also talk about the pass defense before we get into individual players. Um, I thought that the pass defense, you know, wasn't great. I mean, it's obvious. Philip Rivers had over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Um, I thought it wasn't great. I I don't think it was as terrible as everybody's saying it was. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the reason for that is because, like you mentioned. You know, it was a lot of chunk plays. I never saw Philip Rivers really go. You know, dismantle this defense. I guess. Yes, he'd have big. He'd have some plays there, here, and there. Um, but I'm mean, honestly, I think it was just those chunk plays, like you talked about, Derek. It was just those chunk plays and those pivotal moments when the Colts defense needed to hold uh, that they just made boneheaded mistakes and it just gave the Chargers life. And then, you know, they would go burst it off for you know, Austin Eckler, seventy yards later, touchdown. Just stuff like that. That stuff adds up, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's just those pivotal moments, Derek. And then this is something, something. Excuse me, that Frank Reich talked about last year. Like the reason why the Colts were one and five last year is because not because they were a bad team, but because they shot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what this defense did multiple times. And and you you start there with Danica Watchery. What a boneheaded play! I mean, you, how many times are you told do not hit the long snapper? Like we know that, and we don't even play football anymore like mm-hmm. you don't get the long snapper and Autry did that cost the Colts four points right could have been just a three-point you know, field goal attempt and it gave the Chargers life first and goal and they score Um, and then another play you got with um, oh yeah with Kamoko Churi getting to strip sack and then Justin Houston's offsides and then the next yep. play the Chargers throw that touchdown to Austin Eckler like those plays right there are huge like mm-hmm. right there it's the difference between 14 points and six points <laughs> Like that's it's, odd. Thing.
0: it's odd. It's yeah. odd that the
1: veterans made those mistakes too. It is. It's really strange. And then you you know now going back to the offense real fast. Eric Ebron, right? Eric Ebron. If he catches that touchdown, if he maintains possession, I know that's argued probably among some fans. But um, if he maintains possession the whole way through. You know, we don't even talk about this. The Colts. Well, I mean,
0: the the official definition of that was they were admitting that he did not maintain control. He had right. possession of it the whole way through the catch, but the problem is he lost control of it as he was sliding out of bounds. Mm. That was the official reason why. But again, that term "control" is used so loosely that right. so many of us are saying, "Well, you could have interpreted it this way, could have interpreted it this way," because. Ebron never lost the ball. He never did. Right. He just ended up having it jiggle. But even then, most most NFL people say nowadays, even if you jiggle the ball in your hands, it doesn't matter as long as you have possession of the ball as you're going out of bounds, it still counts. So that's another reason why people have, you know are being so mad about it, because you have a legit argument for both sides of why that that call yeah. should have been re- overturned or should have been upheld.
1: Yeah. um, But, you know, even if that play, you know, that's a debatable play. But even if that play doesn't happen, right, the Colts made so many dumb mistakes that are just things that they'll have to clean up. Right. There's just things that they're going to have to clean up. And that's I mean, that's the beauty of having 16 games. Right. You do those dumb mistakes. I mean, we saw it in that preseason game. Both teams looked awful for the entire game. They did Like 10 points won the game. Those offenses looked awful. Just mm-hmm. terrible, and that's yeah. the point of. I think week you know, a couple weeks, you you're refining things. You're trying to figure out, you know, what works, what doesn't work, what we, ha- what do we have to clean up? And obviously, the Colts have a lot of work to do. But um, I just have to say, Derek, and I know I kind of got off topic here, but how refreshing is it to know that even though the Colts made all those dumb mistakes, right? They shot themselves in the foot multiple times. They were talented enough to not even not just stay in the game but to even win the game how like right. that that has to be so refreshing for for people to hear and i know it's hard to hear a loss i really know it's hard to hear a loss but it has to be refreshing to know your team just stood toe to toe with the team that played in the i think they played the afc Champions. no afc divisional round one of the top teams in the league last year one of the i would argue you know a top team in the afc and they mm-hmm. stood toe-to-toe with them, with Jacoby Brissett, not even Andrew Luck. That's a different story if it's with yeah. Andrew Luck. And not a knock on Jacoby Brissett, but Andrew Luck was MVP candidate last year. right? And the fact that the Colts were able to do that with Jacoby Brissett, right? and without Jabal yeah. Shear, they were able to do that. I mean, I think it just speaks to the talent that Chris Ballard has acquired and also yeah. to his coaching staff. And we can rag on this coaching staff for the undisciplined plays and stuff like that, but, I mean – that just goes back, Derek, to that culture that the Colts have, right? That never give up mentality of like we're never out of it. Right. Exactly. And I think that is something, man, that, that that Colts fans should just hold on to. Yes, it was a tough loss. And believe me, I was upset. I was so upset yesterday that the Colts lost. But then I look at the long term picture and I'm like, this team's gonna be all right. This yeah. team's gonna be all right because yeah. they have the right guys right they have the right guys steering the ship. They have very talent a very talented and very deep team. Um, and also, you know, besides Justin Houston on defense, their defense is very young. It's a very young unit. It's probably one of the oh, yeah. youngest in the NFL. If you take away Houston and maybe Sheard, like who else do you got? That's I mean Absolutely. You think Anthony Walker would probably be the next guy up or Malik Hooker would be the next guy up? Like yep. they have a really young defense. And obviously with young players, sometimes it's takes a little bit of time and you know, to, to figure out the kinks and stuff. But Um, Okay, I'm done. I'm done ranting. We will talk about the pass defense. We'll talk about the pass defense. And I kind of already touched on it a little bit. Um, But you know, this pass defense obviously wasn't great. Um, But I had to look up at one point when people when the announcers were like, yeah, that's Philip Rivers is he just threw for 300 yards. And I was like, this late, like, it seems like Philip Rivers just throws for 300 yards like it's nobody's business. But I mean, you take away those chunk plays, right? You take away that 60, Mm -hmm. 70-yard play, take away that long bomb on third down. That's another play I forgot to mention, that long jump ball where anybody can get it and the Chargers, (laughs) unfortunately, got the jump and got the touchdown. You take away those plays, right? And Phillip Rivers doesn't have 300 yards. And I think that is something the Colts should be impressed about. um, Is like, this is a Hall of Fame quarterback. No doubt, Mm -hmm. no question. Hall of Fame quarterback, you still one of the top quarterbacks in the league and you were able to pretty much hold him in check. He wasn't tearing your defense apart, right? He wasn't Mm -hmm. tearing your defense apart. And I, you know, I I would be remiss if we didn't talk about Malik hooker, man, that interception was one of the coolest interceptions I've seen. I remember I was sitting on the couch, just like, man, well, the Colts lost, you know, just a little bit upset, just sitting there kind of bummed. And then I look up and I see that and I'm like, I literally said this. And I was like, Holy and I don't usually say those words. Um, it just caught me by surprise because I was just like, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. He, just, he just did that. And I think he, he, you know, for all those people who say Malik Hooker's overrated, I hope you watch that play and I hope you really reconsider your mm-hmm. life. <laughs> but um, <laughs> because I've been a Malik Hooker defender ever since he was drafted and last year and people were saying Malik Hooker's a bust, I was like, are you crazy? Um, and so that was good to see from Hooker. Um, and you know, this past defense wasn't great. Um, but I just think in those critical moments, they just made some boneheaded mistakes overall, obviously things that you can clean up. Um, but what were your thoughts on the Colts past defense, Derek?
0: Yeah. Philip rivers, even mentioned that he saw Malik. He just did not think Malik hooker was going to be able to close on that ball the way that he did, which mm. again goes to show you just how athletic Malik hooker is now uh, real quick here before we obviously mentioned Venitari, we obviously mm. mentioned uh, the the boneheaded play by Danico Autry. We know mentioned those two that met, that ruined this game, right? Well, here's the thing: what uh, you talked about the Keenan Allen pass. I don't know if you remember if you've seen this, Cody. I, I'll have to show you the film. But Austin Eckler on that play tackled Kamiko Aut- or uh, Kamiko as he mm-hmm. was pressuring Philip Rivers. I don't know if you've wow. seen it, but he mm-hmm. actually tackled him. And the and they did not call a flag. And that allowed no. Philip Rivers to do what he did. I'm sorry, but that play should have been aborted. That should not have been a, a, a make at all. So, again, that's seven points that should have been wiped off, off of there. But I think the refs were so into the point where they didn't want to call flags. There was... But that was an obvious one. That should have been it. But, of course, I'm I'm not going to get too far into that one. But the other one where Eckler broke the 60-yard touchdown pass where he seemingly just busted off of two or three defenders, that's just something you can't have happen. You yeah. just can't allow something like that to happen because it's always going to come back and bite you in the butt. I mean, sure, we, we scored the 63-yard touchdown run by Marlon Mack to respond after that, but that is, again, a bonehead mistake that should not have happened because ultimately that could have – just think of how many points we keep talking about. Danico Autry doesn't make the make that bonehead mistake, right? That's four points he cost us. Vinatieri cost us seven points, so we're up to 11. Actually,
1: ten. Ten points. Yeah, he missed three field goals. Did he miss three or two?
0: No, he no, missed two. He missed two
1: field goals because oh, okay. he made no, one.
0: He made no, one. No. But he missed – so that's 11 points there. And then if you take away the Keenan Allen touchdown because it was an obvious hold that kept Ture from getting to Rivers, that's 18. If you don't give up the touchdown, big touchdown run to Eckler, which you should have obviously made the tackle, that's 25. I mean, obviously we don't know the result of – either one of the first two of or those uh, two touchdown drives that they had. But ultimately we know if Danico Autry hadn't screwed up and Vinatieri didn't screw up all those times, we could definitely say we had at least 11 points hung up on the board. So that's just my my rant for the moment there. But in regards to the passing defense, yeah, we were playing really loose. We, we, Obviously, Iberfliss' game plan was to uh, keep everything in front, uh, not let anybody get burnt uh, down deep. Obviously, we knew that was going to happen. But Mm -hmm. in regards to that, they allowed so many uh, catches in the middle of the field. Just the 15, 16, 17-yard touchdown catches right in the middle of the field. And, I mean, as much pressure as we kept getting on Rivers early – if you're just going to keep giving up that much room in the middle i mean unfortunately that's just that's just not going to work out in the end so as much yeah. as you know you want to give rivers the credit for that i mean it, it, i could have thrown balls in the middle of the field the way that that defense looked obviously eber fliss is going to have to think of a game plan uh to better combat that uh, obviously tennessee this next week has a bunch of decent receivers so and Delaney Walker had himself a game. So they're definitely gonna have to uh be spot on with this uh defense because I mean I mean they they look Tennessee looked really good last week, no question about it. And in regards to, you know, you said uh we reason we want we're one and five. Uh we're not gonna be one and five. I would be highly shocked if we started the year again like that. Uh even if somehow we lose to Tennessee, I, I think that. Reich and Eber Fliss would have a game plan to be able to stop Atlanta and be able to stop uh, Oakland. Uh, we obviously saw how Atlanta looked against Minnesota, and they looked god awful. Oh, and then that was horrible. That was oh, horrible, horrible. Minnesota and Atlanta didn't have neither one of them have a defense. So I fully expect the Colts to just run it down their throats all game long. And in regards to Oakland. They no longer have Antonio Brown, so I'm not as worried anymore about our receiving things. Uh, I think that we'll beat that game, especially since those two games are at home. Uh, Obviously, going on the road for uh, going on the road first game against a really good team, it's never easy. But like you said, the tough it out, never give up mentality is there. Sorry, I'm getting a little off track here. But yeah, in regards to the pass defense, Malik Hooker had himself a good game. Uh, the team itself, uh, did pretty good. Just ultimately we're just going to have to, we just have to come up with a better game plan for next week.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, that was something I think we all kind of predicted. I I think Andrew actually predicted the Colts to win. So, uh, but I think you and I kind of predicted Derek, we both kind of expected the Colts to lose. So it shouldn't come as a shock that this happened. I just think that we're more shocked that the Colts put up the fight that they did. And uh, that's a good thing—a good, good thing to have. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that—that's very encouraging, and I, I, that's why I'm, man, I'm super excited just for the future of this team because I think quarterback was the biggest question mark, and Jacoby Brissett, kind of, at least for the moment, he kind of quelled some of those questions, which is a mm-hmm. great, great thing to have. Um, before we hop off here, Derek, I wanted to give credit to those rookie pass rushers—I guess young pass rushers—I should say, not just rookies. Um, In Kamoko Ture, who really, if Justin Houston wasn't off sides, he has a sack. He has two sacks then, two strip sacks. Um, He he was a force out there. I think we talked about it yesterday. We think Kamoko Ture is going to be a special player for the Colts, and he's really shown a lot of growth from year one to year two. Uh, Ben Banigou also had half a sack, which was encouraging to see. Al-Qadim Muhammad, who's filling in for Jabal Shear to that starting end position, um, also had a sack um, and so that's encouraging to see from three guys who are under 25 to just see how much they've developed. And, you know, I know Banigou was kind of like a question mark. Uh, we haven't, hadn't seen a whole lot because he was out, he was injured for a while, um, but Bannegoo, man, he he showed some flashes there. Kamoko Turek showed some flashes. They, they all showed some flashes. And that should be encouraging from um, a Colts standpoint because I mean, for so long, man, the Colts have had no pass rush outside of Robert Mathis. After Robert Mathis retired, there was, I mean, no pass rush whatsoever. Right. And so um, that has to be encouraging to see some of those young defenders, um, you know, just getting after the quarterback and causing some ruckus. And you know, I, and also you had to factor in the Chargers didn't ha- did not have uh, good tackles at all, and that's a factor for sure. But I think it's good to see that, and that's something that we've talked about, Derek, time and time again. Um, on these young players is can they do it week in and week out? And especially I'm talking about Kamoko Ture here. Can he get consistent pressure every single week? And I think in the preseason he showed that he was getting consistent pressure and it was good to see it translate now to an actual NFL game against, you know, number ones instead of going against number twos or what, what have you. But um, it was encouraging to see, man. Um, I'm excited for where this team is headed. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we hop off here?
0: Yeah I mean again Colts Nation just try not to think too much of this one Uh, it was again like I said you're on the road it's a very tough opponent even with all the injuries they had still one of the tougher opponents that they'll face all year long and even with so many times in that game that they could have given up neither side wanted to give up and it showed and also like Big shout out to the Colts fans at that Chargers game. I mean, it is crazy to see the fan support that was there. I mean, certainly the Colts gave you guys a a good bang for your buck. Even though we lost, you guys definitely got to enjoy a good game all the way down to the end. Uh, Again, thank you, uh, the Colts fans, so much that were there. And obviously all those that were watching, Uh, this team's only going to go up from here. They Uh are. They're only going to go up from here. You learn from your quote-unquote rookie mistakes and you just get better. And as the season goes along, I, I expect great things with this team.
1: Absolutely, they still got 15 games to do it. Just got to believe. Just got to correct a few minor things, and the the team will be all right. I firmly believe that the team will be okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I hope this was encouraging to you. If you're feeling discouraged from the loss, I know it can be hard. You can get caught in the emotion of it, and it's hard to see positives. But there were a lot of positives. There really were a lot of good signs of this team moving forward. Um, I think that the team will continue to grow. Um, They're still a very young team. Will continue to grow continue to find that cohesion with each other and they got the right guys to write the ship. So don't worry about it. Colts fans. I hope you guys have a great week and uh, yeah, we'll come back probably in a couple days here with a preview for the Titans podcast. So, all right. Well, appreciate you guys as always. Thank you for the support. We love you guys and go Colts.